0: Go for medical. Go. Calm. That's you, Paul. Say go.
1: All systems go.
0: <laughs> All systems are functioning. Captain. <laughs> Captain. The time-traveling robots in space is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash galactic netcasts. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: The Time, time Travelling
0: robots, robots in, in space, space podcast starts now. Hey there, it's Thursday, October 25th, 2012, and welcome to another galactic netcast. This is Time Travelling Robots in Space, number 49. And usually I start with me, but I'm going to go in reverse this time. From Anessa, from <laughs> not from Anessa. Anessa from Anessa. Would not that be weird if your if your if your name was the same name as your um, town? My,
1: yeah, that,
0: that would be weird. Yeah.
1: Although I do know a Denton that She's lives in Denton.
0: Yeah, that's kind of weird. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Although everybody says the town Denton, and whenever he introduced himself to me, he said Denton, so he made sure to t- pronounce the T.
0: All right. Got to make that. <laughs> See, it's the slight pronunciations make a big difference. Uh, so, Indeed. from Denton, Texas, it's Anessa Moyens. From Glendale, California, Mr. Paul
2: Swickard. How are you, Paul? I do well, good sir. I do well. I'm mostly doing well because it's uh, the almost end of the week, and I can ah, at the end of the tunnel, my friend, light at the end. So any crazy Glendale stories this week? I live on the second floor of an apartment complex, and my neighbors below me started a fire in their <laughs> kitchen. Great. <laughs> awesome. So I felt real bad for them, too. It, there's like, you know, I, I, it's probably a two-bedroom apartment, but there's at, least, there's at least three generations living there. There's the grandparents of one of the, of I think, the mom, the parents, and they have a kid. But, yeah, they I guess they left the oven on um, when they weren't home. And, like, when me and Aaron were out, we we just <laughs> – apparently smoke started pluming out of their kitchen window. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, the fire department, by the time we got back, no more than 20 minutes, but by the time we got back, the fire department was already there. And, yeah, nothing was damaged, but uh, we could not stay in our apartment for a day because it was just too smoky what'd you guys do where'd you go we actually it was kind of we went Aaron's parents live near here uh, relatively so we went over and they were nice enough to take us in for a day it's funny because there was no explanation given we she just straight up called her parents hey and like she's like mom can we stay at your place tonight and she's like sure and then like, you know, five minutes later, why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it just shows how much of a good parent she is. You know, she doesn't need to know why. Yes. That's the answer right away is yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really nice of them. They were they're really good that way. Cool.
0: All right. And uh to wrap things up, I'm Dave Nelson from uh Waterloo, Iowa, and this is the show where we discuss all things associated with Time travel, robots, and space, and science, and sci-fi. We do it by running down a news story from each topic, discuss our related entertainment picks, and ask, answer the question of the week. For our audio subscribers, if you'd like to see us record the show, just follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Google+, and you'll get notified. And for future reference, uh, the webpage to go to uh, for our live and archived video, go to galacticnetcasts.com slash live. So uh, let's get the show on the road. Sector 1, One. Time, time travel. And Paul, you've got the time travel story this week.
2: I'm starting? I'm the opener? Yes. You're ah, the crap. opener. No, I I, I knew that. <laughs> By the way, I'm very disappointed in you. I, 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 I was listening to you for all of... You know, a half hour on your radio station and I did not hear a single shout out once
0: I'm sorry oh yeah I should have said something when you said you were listening (laughs) completely derailed
2: I didn't know if you could to be honest I wasn't sure how strict they they would be about that No, hey you can't say anything to anybody
0: I could totally do that just because when I talk about iHeartRadio because we're on iHeartRadio and we're supposed to mention it like three or four times a day and I, I could have said, hey, and listening right now on iHeartRadio is Paul Swickard from Glendale, California. Hey, Paul. That's what
2: I could have done. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. I should call Next in. Next time. Just to give you crap. Can it, do it, would I have to go through the switchboard? Like, can it, hey, I know Dave. I'm sure they would like believe me and stuff, right? <laughs>
0: no, I have a direct line. Uh, and anybody can call it if they want. I don't care. you could, you could be from... Uh, Catman, man do and call our, our, our station number. We have an 800 number. So,
2: Oh, I'll call it one of these times when you're on and we'll have a nice discussion on the air. Yeah, that'd I'm be sure awesome. Be that'd be cool. All right. So let's... Uh, you can tell the, the strength of the show is particularly <laughs> good because we're talking about radio stations. And yeah, stuff like
0: nothing that. to do with the, the no. topics of, of the show at all. <laughs>
1: Although, I, I will say, the last show that we did, Alien Invasion, Dave was talking about a really long hair that he found on his microphone for like three right. minutes.
0: Right here. <laughs> and I and I interrupted the show. I said, stop. He
1: interrupted Brad. He's like, I know it has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but there's a really long hair on my mic.
0: Because I have no idea where it came from. Because I, I haven't had a woman in this apartment ever since I moved in here, which I probably shouldn't say. Uh, but it was stuck... <laughs> It was stuck between the microphone and the microphone holder. This long hair from it would be a woman's long hair, and I don't have long women hair, woman hair. So where'd it come from?
1: Maybe it's a long guy hair.
0: No, that's not. That wouldn't be possible either. <laughs> I haven't had anybody in this apartment. Nobody.
1: No maintenance guys or anything. No,
2: no recluse
0: Dave. I am a recluse. You have um, a cat. No, I don't have a cat either. I'm by myself. I'm all alone. All right. You have a cat. You had a cat at one point. Yeah, my it's at grandma and in grandpas.
2: A... Uh, all right. Can, can what are we? we talking about? Time travel. Yeah, let's talk yes. about time travel.
1: Time travel, yay! <laughs> Call it time travel.
2: All righty, time travel, ladies and gentlemen. Over the course of a little video game franchise known as Call of Duty. You you are both familiar with this, yes? Call yeah. Of duty. And I had
0: a feeling. People. I had a feeling that you were going to bring this up as one of the stories, or I, I had a feeling that we were going to bring this up. I so didn't. I, I, yeah. I I saw. I this, brought
1: it up. Yeah. No. Th- no.
0: Thank you, Anessa, because I saw this today or yesterday, one of the two days, and I'm like, this would, this would be a great story for the time traveling robots in space, and there, here it is. Ta.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, I will just continue on. The release of the original Black Ops introduced a bit of time travel in the zombie mode, meaning that, like, every, uh, I guess I can't say every uh, Call of Duty game, but every Call of Duty game developed by Treyarch, who is one of the Call of Duty developers now, uh, has a zombie mode in it, which is essentially what it sounds like. You are You are a military dude fighting zombies. And I think what they're referring to with this time travel mode is the fact that you can play as uh, very famous presidents like John F. Kennedy or Nixon or stuff like that. And really what makes that mode is the fact of they just all the random crap they say while they're killing zombies. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So Black Ops 2, this is the sequel to said video game, and it is just around the corner. So prepare yourselves for the inevitable deluge 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 i don't know the the tidal wave <laughs> of like marketing that will be behind this it, it's going to be everywhere so prepare yourselves and uh yeah i think it's coming out in november um but anyway uh, one of the things that people like to do when these things come out is analyze the achievements for these video games So, as to mean particular pieces of, like, what the game, like, either story beats or stuff that the game can do. And for those of you not in the know, achievements are essentially just, you know, congrats little points that you get when you're talking about, uh, like, just pretty much, yeah, just achievement points. They they have to do with uh, Microsoft. Basically, they just give you points to say, hey, you did X, Y, and Z. So some of these achievements right. are as follows. One is called futurist, where it says complete all of all future levels in veteran. One is called family Reunion, and all the only description there is there are two futures and time, which is described as use a future weapon in the past. Whoa! So pretty much the current thinking is that all of these little things point to some kind of time travel which would be an interesting turn of events considering that the call of duty franchise has been extreme but it has never been like a that level it's never been science fiction ever it's always super gritty and realistic That kind of what they like to do um a lot of people have assumed that the natural progression of these games is going to be in the future, because this franchise started as in World War II, and then eventually moved up to modern day, and that's where we're at now. So the Black Ops game, at least the parts that we know about, are going to be in the immediate future, the near future, like within 10 years or so, when you know, when we have to fight China or something. So yeah, it would be. Quite interesting to see if they had like hardcore future stuff like in this particular game. Like you have you have those same kind of elements when you are playing as different characters in different timelines. That happens often. Like you play as one character who in uh, Vietnam, and then you'll play one character who had to do a tour in Afghanistan or something like that. Uh, that makes sense, but this like. These achievements seem to imply that there's some kind of either like sort of uh, tangent in reality, or some kind of time travel, or an a, an alternate t- timeline. Yeah. So I I guess we'll have to see, but yeah, it looks pretty blatantly
0: time travel to me. <laughs> you know, like um, right. Use future weapon in the past. Well, that pretty much says what you're gonna do. You know, I mean uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I would like to see is I would like to see them
1: maybe it isn't something like Go ahead, Anessa. I oh, know, I was just gonna say I was wondering if maybe it's something like where some video games you finish the storyline and you can go back and play certain parts um with guns and stuff that you gathered throughout the story. Like huh. I didn't know if it's something where you would actually get to go back and find little Easter eggs and whatnot, but you're using your gun.
0: Process, or if you're
2: actually traveling back in time, hmm. I like nobody
0: knows. I like my idea. Uh, what, what I was about to say was, um, it'd be interesting to see like a, t- a soldier from this day and age travel back to the first game, travel back to the World War II version of um, Call
2: yeah. of Duty. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they'd that would be super surprised.
2: that's the thing. That all of these things go to heavy science fiction beats. And again, these folks have never ever been science fi- fiction thingy. Like they just haven't. So I, I mean the closest thing that I can think of to being the genre is like hallucinogens and mind manipulation. They dealt with that a lot in the last game. Um But yeah, nothing like nothing. Nothing crazy techy. You know what I mean? Like, nothing nothing like this. So, I guess in a way, this is encouraging for me because I, you know, a lot of people are thinking that this particular genre is getting kind of tired. So, I think, I, and I think that the people at Treyarch and Activision know this and are going to try to make at least a little bit different than its predecessors.
0: Maybe this is their pivot. Maybe they're pivoting to something science fiction. Uh,
2: that maybe. Maybe, like I said, the progression of this whole thing is to eventually go to a future soldier. Um, but even then, you could have future soldiers with giant robots and stuff like that. Many games do that, but not all of them have like that element of being able to be a single character travel back and forth. Like, you're, I mean, you guys are right. the The whole <laughs> the description saying use a future weapon in the past. It's like, uh, okay, I. Pretty sure I know what that means. Yeah. But I mean,
0: Anessa could be right too. Her her interpretation that might be correct as well. You know, something that you picked up later on in the game, go back and maybe you're not happy with the way something worked out and you can use your what you acquired through the game to go back and and um kick some ass
2: earlier. Sure. Sure. And by the way, uh, really, thank you for whoever may have put that in there. I won't name names. Uh, November thirteenth is the official release date for the Xbox, PC, and PS3. November eighteenth for the Wii U. For all two of you that will buy one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wii U.
2: <laughs> all right, cool.
0: That sounds exciting. Uh, how many? I have a couple yeah. of questions about. I, uh,
2: I will let you guys know when we all when we know all this. Sorry, what was the question? Uh,
0: I was going to say, uh, how many wars has Call of Duty done? I know they did World War Two, and they're doing current day stuff, but have they yeah, done I wars think... in between?
2: Sure. It's hard. Well, it kind of goes with U.S. history, because it depends on how you define war. Like, the Modern Warfare game, the original, moder- the original quote-unquote, Modern Warfare game is... Not really a war, more of a conflict. Okay. So you definitely had you definitely had World War Two, and you definitely had Vietnam. Um, but yeah, as far as like, I don't recall. I don't think there's any direct ro- uh, call out of Iraq. Um, but yeah, all of it is like see when you especially when you talk about black usually means covert, and that usually means non-publicized. Okay.
0: Cool. All right. Good job, Paul. Yeah. I learned something new about video games today. You, as As I always do from you. <laughs> uh, we would love to know what you think of the stories that we talked about or story so far. We've got more to come, but we'd love to hear what you... Your, we, we would love some feedback on the stories that we're talking about. Uh, email galacticnetcasts at gmail.com, and you can call our voicemail. That's an option, too. 805 328 3966, and somebody did call our voicemail this week, and we'll play that at the end of the show. So let's move on to our next portion, which is this.
2: Two. Robots.
0: And Anessa has the robot story this week.
2: All
1: right, so we've got Charlie 2, Virginia Tech skinny, five foot tall humanoid robot. His balance is enviable. Joffle him and he'll ride himself, which is one of the reasons the Navy is him to him for research on its firefighting robot of the future. On Monday, Charlie II will formally meet his flesh and blood shipmates at an expo in Virginia thrown by the futurists at the Office of Naval Research. His creator, engineer Dennis Hong of Virginia Tech's Robotics and Mechanisms Lab- uh, Laboratory, has a 3.5 million dollar grant from the Navy to help design Charlie II's son the Autonomous Shipboard Humanoid, or ASH. Charlie 2, the current test platform for ASH, will take stage at the Office of Naval Research's annual science and technology showcase to demonstrate how robots can interact with humans. The Navy has been experimenting with eight different robots, a different robot, the similar lifelike Octavia, on the same program to build a robot that works with human sailors to fight shipboard fires. Octavia, however, has a wheeled chasis, She'll never do anything Gangnam style, and since the ships are filled with knee-knocker passageways, ladders, and steps, the Navy needs a robot that, at least theoretically, can, and that makes Charlie, two the robot of their choice.
0: <laughs> I, I want to interject something real quick. I believe we talked about this Octavia on a previous episode. Paul, didn't we talk about uh, a Navy robot?
2: A Navy robot? I don't think so. Okay. Then again, we do see quite a few military robots. I yeah.
1: <laughs> see a lot, yeah.
2: They just kind of blur together after really a while.
1: Creepy. Yeah,
0: I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I really like him because he dances. He does. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, the Gangnam Style esque dance, and the video is actually in the article.
0: Kill some time while I call if- this up.
1: So yeah, um, if a robot can do all the tasks that come up with fighting a fire, it can do all the other things on ships, like mopping the deck. Hong tells Danger Room, it's the Swiss Army knife of robotics, or at least the Psy, which Sai is the person who created the Gangnam Style dance song. <laughs> um, but the feat isn't just working with Hong, because Charlie too has graceful legs. It's because of the robot's advanced software particularly its ability to orient itself. If you have a bipedal robot with a camera on its head, it's shaking a lot. So how does the robot figure out where it is in the room? Hong explains. So Hong designed an algorithm for stabilizing Charlie 2 and getting it to adapt to obstacles like those those knee knockers. In robotics, the effort is called SLAM for simultaneous localization and mapping. Uh, Charlie 2 software will contribute to the ASH project Even as its hydraulics help Navy researchers tackle the physical challenges of designing the bot to ascend and descend, and here Dave has
2: video.
0: Yeah, let's play this real quick. Okay. This robot is freaking awesome.
1: It is. It makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> wow, that is pretty cool.
1: And Charlie, too, is also famous, apparently. Um, he's the repeat champion at the biggest RoboCup Robotics Award, two years running in the full-size humanoid story. Time has gushed over him. And luxury brand Louis Vuitton gave Charlie, too, an eponymous award after beating a Singaporean robot at soccer. Hong got a monogrammed Louis Vuitton leather bag. So, um, But Charlie isn't going to be a prima donna on ship. Starting next year, the Navy will start making sure it can walk along a ship's aisles, and probably by the end of next year, put it in a smoky environment, Hong says, and he's got a love interest. Octavia's smooth, creamy skin will combine with some of Charlie Two's features to yield an Ash Robot. Like his father, Ash will have legs and can be placed inside a protective suit like a human to withstand temperature extremes. Charlie Two's son might one day work alongside human sailors to put out shipboard flames. It remains to be seen if either robot can outcompete those sailors in a Gangnam dance-off. However, a confident Hong says, "Charlie too can at least beat Navy sailors at dance-off doing but <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God!
1: <laughs> and that comes from Wired.com.
0: You had to see yeah. that coming. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't.
0: <laughs> I am truly scared about our future because it seems like just the time that we've been doing this podcast, robot technology has advanced. I swear to God. It oh, has.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got like well, robots this breaking this for, the land records. What, record. a year?
0: Yeah.
1: We've
0: been doing this podcast for over a year.
1: You guys have been at it for over a year.
0: hmm
1: <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, you've got robots that have broken land speed records. You have another one that's designed to kill. Another one to carry troops' equipment. <laughs> We're screwed. Actually, yeah, pretty much screwed.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> It's cool as long as they And there's
1: apparently one that's supposed to help you lose weight. So a, no.
0: As long as they as long as they keep just doing Gangnam style dances, I'm fine, you know? And, until they until they start <laughs> murdering us, then I will not be fine with it anymore.
1: It, it'll go from Gangnam style to just gun style and yeah. start shooting everybody.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fine. Don't create a program for all of those murdery robots called Gun Style or something similar because it might get confused. Ah, Gun Style, okay. (laughs) And it's playing Gun Style in the background.
0: I love love how we're creating this this scenario. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
1: And then, you know, whenever it happens, we could say we totally called it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Refer to...
1: Unfortunately.
0: Refer to Time Traveling Robots in Space (laughs) podcast, episode number 49, recorded on Thursday, October 25th, 2012. And you'll see, time marker, 20 minutes and 37 seconds, we (laughs) pointed out that this exact same thing was going to happen. Just saying. (laughs) Told you so job all right futurist there we go robots complete all right moving on with the show uh the time traveling robots in space brought to you by audible.com for you the galactic netcast listener audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check out their awesome service and to go along with the podcast may we suggest, or to go along with the theme of this podcast, may we suggest The Door into Summer by Robert Heinlein. You guys are familiar with Robert Heinlein, right?
1: Yes. um, I've read some of his short stories, Robert Heinlein.
0: He's one of the science fiction greats. Um, And here's the short synopsis of this book. By the way, this book began life in a series of novelettes, short stories. It was... Combined into a book later on. So Dan Davis, an electronics engineer, had finally made the invention of a lifetime—a household robot that could do the gangman style dance. No, uh, that could do almost anything, <laughs> including the gangman style dance. Uh, wild success was in with was within his reach. But then Dan's life was ruined in a plot to steal his business. His greedy partner and greedier fiance. Tricked him into making or to taking the long sleep, which is a suspended animation for 30 years. When he woke in a far different future, or when he woke, when he awoken in the far different world of AD 2000, so much into the future, um, he made an amazing discovery. And suddenly, Dan had the means to travel back in time and get his
2: revenge. (laughs) Dun, dun,
0: dun. <laughs> I'm curious to read or to listen to this, to this story, to this book, um, just to see what their interpretation of the year 2000 was. I wonder what kind of crazy technology they okay. s- said we're going to have.
2: Yes. Point, point of uh, you know, formality. Does one, when you listen to audiobooks, like I often do, does one say that you read those books like if i were to listen to you know ender's game does that qualify as reading it does one say i read it i'm just i just am trying to understand because i've never i haven't quite figured that out in my own life yet
0: i think it's subject to whatever you want to say you're doing with it i mean i mean you could totally lie and tell people that you're reading it and not even mention audible or mention you know that you're listening is it a lie though well, you're not reading it because you're not using your eyes, right? That's that's the definition of reading is actually taking in the words through your optical holes, <laughs> right? But in theory, you've
2: you've absorbed the exact same information.
0: Well, not exactly right. the same because some of the books are not the, they're not word for word. I guess unabridged, right? That means word for word for word. Am I correct? Yes. Okay.
2: I don't know. It's up. You know. Okay. What do you think, Paul? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I have not figured this out in my own life, okay. and I often like catch myself saying, "Oh yeah, I read love when in reality, I didn't read it. Read it. I listened to it, yeah. but it's the same thing. So you can I say don't that know. You checked out I'm sure there. Yeah. I'm sure there are some many bookie-type folks that are going to say, Oh, no, you didn't read it. Oh, young whippersnapper. And I'll say, "Uh, You know what, ma'am? I did read it, and I can say my name right. So just let it go away. (laughs) Okay, Paul (laughs) Swockard. No,
0: um, (laughs) I think sometimes it's just easier to say you read it just because – then you don't have to explain. Yeah. It takes longer to explain that, oh no, I, I mean, what I meant was I'm, I'm listening to it on Audible, and it's acceptable, I think, these days to say that you're, you're reading something when you're really just listening to it. I think it's acceptable. Okay. So, uh, if you're interested in The Door Into Summer by the great Robert Heinlein, uh, go to audibletrial.com slash galactic netcasts. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash galactic netcasts. And we thank Audible for their support of the time-traveling Robots in Space podcast. And speaking of space...
2: Space.
0: All righty. A rock thought to be a meteorite from a recent fireball seen over Northern California is in fact... Just a regular, boring earth rock scientist report. Oh. Oh. Did you guys... I was really
1: bummed, too, because I had... The story that I originally had was about this possible meteorite. And then I went back to look something up, and they had posted an update. And I was like, oh.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) No. I went through the same thing earlier this week because I was thinking about talking about this on the air on my radio station... And I went back to to the story again, and they had had updated it. And I'm like, well, that's not as fun. I'm not going to read this on the air if it was an actual meteorite. So...
2: (laughs) Fireball.
0: Yeah. Fireball's cool. Uh, The stone had excited researchers as it seemed to present the first specimen deposited by a meteor that lit up the night sky over the Bay Area on October 17th. That's San Francisco. Uh, a resident by the name of Lisa Weber, a nurse at the University of california a, a San Francisco Medical Center, read about the fireball and recalled hearing a sound on her roof that night. Sure enough, she and neighbors found a ding on the roof and a likely looking rock in her backyard so if this wasn't if this wasn't part of the meteorite or if this wasn't a meteorite then what made the, the knock on our roof? Where'd it come from?
1: Alien.
2: <laughs> Wrong podcast. Crazy kids.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Magic.
0: Time
2: robot. travel robots in space and fireballs. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it was a robot from the future. He came back for a second, <laughs> changed his mind halfway, but his 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 arm, his robot arm, his mechanical arm was through the vortex enough to hit the roof and make cause oh, so that ding the and then he went back in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I think what happened.
1: totally you should she leave. write a book
0: <laughs> 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 okay, so Peter Jenkinson's head of the cams that's cameras for. All Sky Meteor Surveillance Project, which is jointly run by NASA and SETI—that's the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence—came to investigate and thought the 2.2 ounce, 63 gram rock was a meteorite based on its apparent density and response to a magnet. However, follow-up analyses under a microscope scope revealed that the meteorite was a meteor wrong. Ha ha ha! I wish. I wish <laughs> I would have wrote that. Um,
1: uh, we actually use meteor wrong <laughs> a lot. Don't, at work. don't
0: take credit. Oh, you guys use that phrase? Meteor wrong. Anessa, she's stuck. What? Smiling. I'm stuck. My you're, back. Okay, you're back.
1: Okay. So now I was gonna say that we use the term meteorongs quite a bit at work because people will send us their rocks that they think huh. are meteorites,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we'll see it. We're like, oh, it's another meteorong And so then get the common term.
2: And then so this you, is an industry term. Is basically what you're saying.
1: Yes.
0: So you don't. <laughs> okay. You don't then try to incorporate wrong into other everyday words, because that would be fun.
2: people do that all the time Um, what are you talking about I
1: kind of do that but I don't necessarily say wrong I have to word it differently rather than I don't know the wrong that would just be I have to soften the blow a little bit
0: yeah alright so one of the guys uh, said this I sincerely thought it was it was based on what happened to me was Remnant fusion crust. It's Jenkins.
1: on what appeared to me remnant fusion
0: crust. Okay, uh, Jenkinsons wrote in a statement on the CAMS site. On closer inspection, the crust was a product of weathering uh, of a natural rock, not from the heat of entry. Examination of the rock under a petrographic microscope quickly revealed the stone was not a meteorite. Still, the ding on Weber's roof... See, this is what I was talking about. Along with her recollection of the sound she heard that night, suggests her house may in fact have been hit uh, by a still-missing meteorite. So that meteorite rock might be sitting in her backyard someplace.
1: It could be. Yeah. And if it is, it's worth a lot
2: more. Well, now... Hold on. If that... Okay, it was... The Whatever struck the house, hit it with enough force to cause a ding, right? So you can right. probably glean at least somewhat of the size of the thing. So, I mean, any of you physicist type folks out there, kind of, you know, take some measurements, do some magic, and figure out how far it bounced into somebody else's yard. Oh, so you're going to figure
0: out the trajectory, like the whole... Right like the whole Seinfeld yeah. like the whole Seinfeld episode when um Kramer got hit by the spit and he was talking about or he yes. was associating the spit with the the bullet, the magic bullet that killed Kennedy one of the best Seinfeld moments ever yes. i love that moment yes so okay that's pretty much it the uh fireball occurred at 7:44 and 29 seconds p.m. Pacific Daylight Time and was captured in cell phone videos and photos. However, material from the fall remains elusive. It doesn't want to be caught. It wants to, be, it wants to stay free.
2: wants free, <laughs> the
1: speed of the wind.
0: Sing it, Anessa.
2: Sing it. Keep going. You know it's kind of funny? Is if you Google the word "fireball" and look under the news, like the first three stories are this one. <laughs> I was hoping for something else. Um,
1: eventually, you'll probably get to like the Texas Fireball from a couple of years ago or so.
0: And then you would eventually get to Daring Fireball, the website.
1: Although I will say about the Texas Fireball, um, my boss and, and coworker, the first that actually found. Peterite
0: in that ball. Oh awesome. Did they get money from them or for them?
1: I think they kept them science as it should be.
2: Science.
1: Science. Yeah, they're not fans of
2: In Fireball News. Right, man. A man engulfed by a fireball in a Molotov cocktail attack.
1: Ooh. ooh Whoa. That's awful. So um, that's not a
0: fun fireball yeah. story. <laughs> That'd be a man made. <laughs> That's a man-made fireball right there.
2: Huh. Police have released footage of a man being engulfed by a fireball after another man hurled a Molotov cocktail at him outside a California supermarket.
0: See? Nothing good happens happens in yeah. California. Nothing good. Nothing good well, happens.
2: The anywhere. point here. The point here, release him? the footage. Why would you release the footage? Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: Sorry, that, that's
2: buddy. my quick fire. <laughs> That's okay. No,
0: it's, it's fine. Way to take the show down, Paul. <sighs> All right. So that's, uh, that's the three subjects. We, we, we touched on um, time travel. We touched on robots. And we touched on space. And now we can touch yeah. on uh, Stitcher Smart Radio, which you can listen to our shows on um, via your iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, Android, Nook, and all kinds of tablets. Basically, if you have a smart device with a modern operating system that takes apps, you can listen to us on Stitcher Smart Radio. It's that simple. It's that easy, all right? Just uh, type in Galactic Netcast, or if you don't have Stitcher yet, either go to your app store or go to your browser and type in stitcher.com slash galactic netcasts and enter the promo code galactic netcasts and we thank stisher for their support of the time traveling robots in space podcast all right you guys ready for
2: picks ready paul you're up yes, first sir. oh i'm up first again that's wonderful i want an interactive r2 unit so that's why i put it up here and uh, this is more of a wish list recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to spend, you know, two hundred and fifty bones to buy yourself, or even better yet, me, an interactive R two, then please do so. Uh, you know, the link right there, Amazon. Go there. They good deals. I'm sure that you know you'll get something good out of this deal.
0: And we'll have it in the, on the picks page at galacticnetcast.com too. So, if you buy it, we'll get a little credit for it if you go through our website, and we'll make some money off the deal.
2: Yeah, and then you just send it to me, uh email me for my direct address and we'll work something out. All right. Done deal. <laughs> so basically this is yeah, this is it is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. I don't know if it's full size, I couldn't tell from the pictures. But uh it, it's definitely large and you essentially grab its attention by saying, Hey, R2 and then it'll respond to according to this forty voice commands. So yeah, uh, ask him if he remembers his famous friends like Luke Skywalker, Jabba the Hutt. I'm not sure he liked Jabba the Hutt. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, there's a quote-unquote game mode. At uh, R2 will play multiple games. He spins, he dances, and plays music. And my favorite part, even guards your room with his Sentry <laughs> alarm.
1: That's awesome.
0: So I, I don't I want R2 to come in my room. It's not full size because there's a picture on yeah. this Amazon page of this little kid um kneeling next to it. So it's Oh it's, is there a comparison. Yeah, it's about okay. up to your knees, maybe.
1: Maybe the kid's just really big.
0: Okay. <laughs> Amazonian Seriously. kid. Yeah, that's why he's on Amazon. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> See? What happened?
2: Small parts. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Small parts.
0: <laughs> so um so okay, let's run down. It uh, it plays games, it spins, right? Dances, plays music. Right. Does it project Ardu-ru. does it mm-hmm. project uh
2: three D images? Um, holographs, holograms. Oh good question. I tend to doubt it. Damn I am too. also told that you if you hit R2 over the head He'll make an irritated beeping sound and try to move away from you. Nice. <laughs> I want this. That's
1: awesome. I nope. know. It's like I want it now. It's getting added to my anneas list.
2: I saw oh, it. I was like, ooh. Do you I know, think- I'm definitely... yes, honey, I'm definitely getting this from my children. My future children. <laughs> <laughs> the few your it's Absolutely. It'll be theirs. They'll it. they'll have it.
0: Your progeny that's uh currently uh stewing inside your uh no i won't continue that i'm sorry
2: so yeah don't do that (laughs) so check this out i'm gonna post i'm gonna post this link in just a second here hang on so okay uh look at this look at this so basically what they're saying is you can get awesome get you a beer
0: (laughs) that's cool (laughs) I want that so okay my next question is are they going to sell the uh, what was the what was the other R2 unit that that crapped out um, on the desert on on, uh, Tatooine what was the the one that kind of freaked out and uh, R4 D2 or something yeah I know what you're talking
2: about the bad motivator yeah didn't he have a name R4, D2. I don't think he had a name. Okay. But they picked an R2 unit and they're like, this R2 unit and Uncle Owen, this R2 unit, that motivator, look. And then the robot was all like, I'm depressed. Yes. I don't have a motivator. (laughs) Sorry, tough joke. Okay.
0: (laughs) Kind of reminds me of. um,
2: I got it. I got it. What, Anessa? (laughs) Oh, now Dave's with us. All right.
1: Uh, so it kind of reminds me of Marvin, from um, Hitchhiker's Guide.
2: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yep.
1: Um. R five d
0: four. R five d four. So, you you don't want to get R five d four, because it's not going to last long. No. You want to get you want to get R two t two R two d two. Indeed.
2: Not available on Amazon. And Christmas is coming. Yeah, My birthday.
0: Christmas is coming, so get on it, people. All right. Let's move on to Anessa. What do you got as your pick?
1: I have a video. (laughs) It was actually the astronomical photo of the day, even though it's a video. Um, It is of the shuttle Endeavor being um, shuttled through the streets of L.A., its new home so um, on APOD Astronomy picture of the day it says garnering attention that could make even a movie star blush thousands of people watched in awe a quintessential icon of the space age was towed through the streets of Los Angeles after landing at LAX late last the shuttle was carefully loaded onto rolling trailers and maneuvered down roads and across bridges to California Science Center 20 kilometers away there was a majesty to the voyage that was beyond description, inspiring people to line the L.A. streets and wait at windows and balconies uh, to witness and photograph this once-in-a-lifetime event. Narrowly avoiding some buildings and trees, the retired shuttle made it safely to its new home and will soon be ready for permanent display. Although the journey took place over three days, it has now been shortened in the um, artistic video to about three minutes. So, from three days to three minutes is a time lapse video, and it is really awesome. I recommend people check it out. I wish I was there. There's, like, one guy that's there in the camera, and he's just, like, snapping away, and I would imagine that would be me, like, just pointing and shooting at everything. Yeah. <laughs> All things Endeavor. <laughs> so.
0: I still can't believe that they did that because just the, the, the still shot from the video itself – it doesn't look like he's gonna make it. It doesn't look like he's. There's no way. It looks like that shuttle's able to go up that street.
1: It is amazing because you see the shuttle going through like these neighborhoods, and it looks like it's just a couple inches away from houses, and then it's turning the corner, and there's this car there, so they have to raise the thing that's towing it to avoid hitting the car, mm-hmm. and then it looks like it's getting ready to clip this tree, but misses. It's
0: just wow. <laughs> so how, long, how long again did this take?
1: Uh, three days. Wow.
0: That's nuts. And
1: they knocked it down to three, three minute video, but it's wow. a really well done video. Really yeah. well planned video, I might add. So
0: Okay. Well, if people are interested, uh, we've got the link in the show notes of the podcast, and we definitely recommend you check that out. All right, Definitely. so my pick is a movie that we all know and we've all seen, so I don't know how much discussion we'll need on this. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much everybody in the world has seen Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. You, you both have seen it, right?
1: Yes.
0: Yes,
2: sir. Like Actually, <laughs> hang, on. hang on. Hang on, hang on. Are you... Actually, continue. Okay, what, what I was going to say is I, I'm, I'm giving you something relevant. Okay um,
0: I just happened to Bump into it, run into it on Netflix Because uh, Star Trek Has had an interesting history on Netflix Well, a lot of movies, a lot of franchises Have too They um... <laughs> So Paul just posted in the chat room Khan K-H-A-A-A-N Dot com, and I think I know What this is <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what it is.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't realize there was just a website that was that. I okay, recommend that as your pick, too. Add it on. Yeah. Hey, I recommend
2: this website. Oh, I'll do that next time. That's a good idea. <laughs> that's going to be the
0: easiest pick ever. Um, <laughs> I know. So you guys all know the story. Um, Admiral Kirk is the Starfleet Academy instructor, while Captain Spock serves as a cadet training officer, and they're training these cadets to be members of Starfleet, and they're using the old Enterprise as a training vessel. But while they're out on their training cruise, they get a message from Kirk's ex-wife that um, Project Genesis is being taken by the Reliant, which um, is captained by, I forget the actor's name, but you he's very familiar. He's been in a lot of movies. Um and
2: the actor who plays Khan?
0: No, 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 no. The the captain of the Reliant. He's a pretty famous actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Anyways, it's him and Chekhov are on the Reliant. And um Basically, they have to go down to this planet to see if uh, it's suitable for Project Genes- Project Genesis, and it turns out to be the planet where Khan and his people were put, you know, years before when he tried to take over the Enterprise and kill Captain Kirk uh, back in the original series. But something happened with uh, a nearby planet that knocked the planet that. They were on, out of its... Thank you, Paul Winfield. Thank you, Anessa. Uh, basically knocked it out of its orbit and screwed up the environment so much that it turned into a desert planet. So, Chekhov and the Captain of the Reliant go down to this planet, and they're disco- they discover that Khan's there, and they get taken by Khan, and they get those... <laughs> they get those worms put in their ears to make them do things. And... um the rest is history. Um, of course, we all know who wins at the end. And it's a great movie. It's, I think it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And not just one of my favorite Star Trek movies. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. But what I wanted to mention real quick was that whole scene with Kirk freaking out and yelling Khan into the communicator, he was acting. He was acting that scene, not... Cap- not not William Shatner acting as Captain Kirk, but Captain Kirk was acting like he was pissed off at Khan because he knew that he was going to get out, you know, be transported up by the Enterprise. That was whole. That was a whole ruse because their communications were being monitored by Khan, right? Guys, right. That's true. Okay. Just wanted to see if I was crazy or not, thinking that. No. You you are right. Okay. And I, I, can't, fig- <laughs> I can't figure out if uh, the the version of Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan I watched on Netflix, is in HD or not. It looked really good, but I'm not sure if it was HD. Do you guys know?
1: Does it say in the description?
2: Ooh.
0: Well,
1: do they I not don't think so.
2: Me? I don't think so, okay. it's too early well the movie I mean,
0: uh, well well, the movie's been out on h d for a while it's been available on blu
2: ray for a while i think hasn't it well yeah but that's not my point i i mean they haven't it's either been upscaled or the, I, I don't think i don't it, it depends on how it was shot right okay like let's I see think so. Yeah.
0: You're probably right. Okay. doesn't matter. Great movie, no matter if it's HD or not. That's my pick. Yay! (laughs) All right. And uh, like we mentioned before, you can go to galacticnetcasts.com and click on the Picks page and purchase our picks from this show or other shows, other episodes that we've talked about. And if you uh, purchase it through our Picks portal, please... Um, a little portion of another P portion of the proceeds will go to galactic netcasts. So uh, we thank you for uh, supporting the show. All right, moving on to the question of the week and Anessa, you prepped the show this week, so you get to ask it.
1: All right. Um, if you were a robot, what task would you be designed to do or would you want to be designed to do? He's over here doing some
0: weird
2: robot. I'm doing the robot. Come on. Doing the robot. <laughs> He'd be a dancing robot. I would want to do, do Gungman style. Gungman style, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: so.
0: I'll let, since you guys actually filled out your answers, I'll let you guys go first. And in the meantime, I will
2: think of an answer. Okay. I'll go first. I'm gonna be a DJ robot, a robot <laughs> DJ. Think about it. Makes sense, right? It huh? makes sense. Huh? It it would be technically proficient, and you know, it all there's all that you know, electronica house music. It would make it would you know, that would make a lot of sense. You know, it's a natural. I, I like the way that flows. It would make a lot of sense, and I wouldn't have like mouse ears on or anything. I'd just be a robot. <laughs>
1: Uh, that would be pretty awesome, and you know, even as much equipment in there.
2: That's think. true. I could maybe I could. Oh, hey, that'll you could have me go like everything. Great with Dave's thing. Your, like I could be yeah. dancing, and like the speakers would be on me, and I'd be like you know DJ slash dancing robot. Yep.
1: Part of your dance moves are like hitting DJ and scratching, and, scratch. and yeah.
0: people would love you, Paul. <laughs> they would love Paul. Paul the DJ dancing robot. Would your name be Paul or would you change <laughs> DJ it? DJ Swick and Scratch. Ha-ha! That's awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: I like it. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on to Unessa. What are you going to be?
1: I'm going to be a robot that fixes things in space. <laughs>
0: so you're going to be Wally.
1: Because the view would be awesome. Well, Wally was, oh yeah, he was space. But he started off on Earth, kind of like, Piling up junk and sorting junk, but yeah, like I don't know. Even if it's not in space, I'd, I'd like to be a robot. that's somewhere unusual, fixing something, so that way my human buddies can <laughs> I want to be a
2: helper monkey. A robot.
0: So they would all love you. <laughs> See, this is they going good. Me. This is going good so far because. They would love Paul robot for a different reason than they would love Anessa robot because they would be entertained by Paul robot and they would be thankful for Anessa robot because you'd be helping out.
1: Indeed. I would help them out and help them not die. Yeah.
0: So hopefully <laughs> hopefully an affliction won't happen to you like it did to the HAL supercomputer. And you actually open the pod bay doors.
1: Oh my bad. <laughs> that was a hiccup in the programming.
0: Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Alright, so my answer is gonna be translation and protocol. So basically translation and protocol. So basically I wanna be C three PO. Screw R two D two. I wanna be C three PO. I want to be able to talk. I don't want to just make beeps and hums. and hmm. So I want to be smart. And C-3PO was snarky. So I want to have a snarky sense of humor.
1: Snarky
0: robot
1: is snarky. Yes. Oh, that kind of reminds me. I was in Best Buy today and they have a Star Wars version operation and oh. you're operating on R2D2.
0: Oh cool. <laughs> Paul, you don't need the full you don't need the, the the just go to Best Buy and get the operation game and you'll be fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like 22 23 dollars or something I don't know. But.
0: Was it next to the Android tablets?
1: No, it was next to the cash registers. Oh. So okay. people that are UMF'd into buying stuff. Yep. And the mystical force.
0: Alright. So that's it. Uh, we would love to hear your answer to that question. That's a great question, Anessa. Good job.
1: Yay, that was a question.
0: <laughs> What's that?
1: So that was actually the first question that I've come up with.
0: Oh, it was. Okay. I didn't know that. Interesting. Um, we would love to know your answer, you the listener. Um, email us, galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. You can call our voicemail number as well, 805-328-3966. And speaking of which, we have a uh, voicemail this week. So you guys ready?
2: Yay. Oh, Here we go. That's awesome. Good morning from beautiful, sunny Florida. Uh, My name is Peter R., and uh, I'm tired of you guys complaining
0: about not getting any voicemail, so I figured, why the hell not? Um, All of you do
2: a great job, keep me very entertained at work, and uh, really appreciate all the good stuff that you do. Um, Hope to hear more from you soon. Well, you usually
0: do put out two podcasts every week or so, so I guess I will. Enjoy yourselves. Hope you're having fun. Take it easy. We don't necessarily complain that we're not getting voicemails. We just usually beg for voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> it's a difference. We want to know that somebody. I do. Listening. I'm complaining. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think. But it's But no, awesome.
2: seriously. Thank you for yeah. the yeah. kind words. That is awesome. I think it's it's cool that he just called up just to call
0: up. He didn't he didn't necessarily like, have a. Why a, the
1: hell not? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah beautiful beautiful morning. that's all you mean man beautiful morning in southern florida or wherever he was in florida you know he's probably looking at the beach going you know what i should give those guys a call you know brighten their days so here we go what the hell
1: <laughs> awesome
0: so thank you peter appreciate you, peter. it yeah yeah big thanks all right, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, and that's going to be it. Uh, so I'm going to do what we always do, ask for final thoughts, final final phrases of words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> final phrases of words and stuff.
0: Maybe. Anessa, you're first.
1: Um, it's always helpful to turn the oven on when cooking.
0: Or make sure you turn it off. Or Other- turn
1: it off when you're done. <laughs> yeah.
0: Otherwise, so, you'll be... S- I actually have a friend that was true. complaining
1: that he forgot to turn the oven on. Okay. His food wasn't cooking, and he kind of didn't realize it right away.
0: Well, I was in the elevator today and forgot to punch the button of the floor I wanted to go to. <laughs> I'm sitting there Just going... Out. Funny
2: story. I was in... I was in my apartment, and my downstairs my downstairs neighbor set their apartment on fire because they ate the oven on.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is kind of what I was uh, alluding to with Anessa's <laughs> with, uh, with uh, comment there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So make sure you turn the oven off, and make sure you turn it off when you're done.
0: Both very valuable things to remember.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Paul. You got the last word.
2: All right. Be excellent to each other.
0: Leave your hailing frequencies open and scanners on full because another galactic netcast will be approaching your coordinate soon. For more information, go to galacticnetcasts.com.